Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. Hey, my name's Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Josh, I just messed that up. <laughs> I said, my name's Andrew. It's, uh, uh, I didn't say I'm Andrew. What do you Andrew. usually say? I just, I just oh, say, I'm hey, Andrew. I'm Andrew. I knew it's... We are. <laughs> I, totally I knew it sounded it up, different, man. but I didn't know yeah. why it sounded different. Yeah, it. Uh, uh, it's I been hope... it's it's been yeah. a very long time. It's been a minute, but we're back, uh, and th- we're I back. Think it's been almost a month. Yeah, yeah, it's been crazy, dude. Um, you uh, you went camping yeah. on uh, uh on the beach this this last week. I did, and okay, it was really cool. So we went to Assateague Island. We took our pop-up camper there and uh, and stayed in the National Park side. And I've never been beach camping in my life, which it was really cool. It, technically, we were on the bay side, but it's like a short walk or bike ride or whatever across to the actual beach. Um, but one cool thing about Aztec Island is that there are wild horses everywhere. Um, another cool thing is that it's like 40 miles long and it's all national park pretty much. Um, so it's all preserved. There's no like restaurants on the Island or hotels or things like that. So it's really, really awesome. But the other night at like 10 30, maybe 11, we were about to go to bed and I heard this like snort outside and I'm like, no way. Um, cause I didn't. I didn't, I was like, that's not a horse, you know, like horses don't just hang out in campgrounds at 11 PM. So I flashed my flashlight out there. Cause I'm like, I'm not walking out if it is a wild horse. And, uh, sure enough, dude, there were three wild horses right behind our camper, like chilling by the fire pit, eating the grass and stuff. And, uh, one of them was a baby and they were just up walking around. It was really cool. So, but it did poop by my generator. So I had to had to be careful, you know, walking to and from that after the fact. But it's good, man. It's good. Yeah. Minor sunburn. A lot of good memories. And uh, I think we'll try to do that again. It was it was solid. Yeah. How you doing? What's happening? I know you got big spiders. Drop my mic. You are muted, my friend. Uh, you're looking like you're you're laying it down, uh, but you oh, were there we fully go. muted. Yep. <laughs> I wonder. I don't. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I don't remember hitting that button. Um. Yeah, we went camping a few. Um, I guess it's been a month or so ago, and where we camp, uh, they use for grazeland for cows. So there's cows everywhere. Uh, usually only in the morning, and then they. I don't know where they go. Move on to somewhere else. Uh, <laughs> but we had we had one cow. No joke. Lick our rocks around the campfire for like an hour and a half. They're just standing. Really? Yeah, you, don't, you don't know what to do with it. It's a cow. You can't like. Right. Right. You don't want to like shoo it or something like that and then get right. kicked by a freaking cow. Right. Um, so you just like yeah. let it be and do its thing. But yeah. But there was cow patties. Cow yeah. patties everywhere. Which a 2000, 2000 Jack, Jack was cow. pretty good. My dog. Yeah. Did he eat them? Did he try? Right. He didn't. He stayed away from them. Some of the other dogs with us. Big fan. Uh, and ran around oh, with gross. him, but yeah, my dog, my dog usually likes to roll around in that stuff, and you're just like, mm-hmm. I'll kill you. But yeah, he he behaves. 
Oh, the worst thing about that weekend. with Jack is that he's has wiry hair and he's white, like white oh. hair. So if he rolls in poop, yeah. <laughs> he gets probably like you but, really got to do a deep clean to get that out. You do, but you can see it. Like how much would that right. suck if you had a dark dog right. and you're like you with the pet him and all you, you do just is go get a handful start of petting. Yep. Or horse poop yep. on your hand. Mm-hmm. That would be, yeah, that'd be a bad day. <laughs> Especially camping where you're like water is scarce, right? Yes. You never bring enough. Yeah. So uh, yeah, man. Yeah. You know, so my my dog Clementine, who I like very rarely talk about on this podcast, but she's a great dog. Josh knows her. Um, but one thing about Clementine is she hates riding in the car. She's like beyond stressed out the whole time you're riding in the car. And I put her in the trunk. Uh loaded i had loaded everything else put her in the trunk and we're like you taking should, off down you should the road probably clarify what you should clarify that you guys have like an suv yeah yeah like it's a car a, with a real trunk yeah 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 totally yeah not yeah it's not it's not like a honda accord <laughs> with her in the back of the trunk um but, so i put her in the trunk and get reported yeah and I like just I was rushing. I'm like, finally, we're ready to go. Campers hooked up. Girls are in their car seats like my our two little girls. You know, we're ready to go. And I start pulling out and I turn off uh, out of our driveway down the road. And we're like maybe 60 seconds into the drive max. And uh, oh, no, we didn't even the, leave the driveway. I got in the car and started the car. And Clementine in her sheer panic and terror jumps over the back seat in between the car seats and hunkers down, like lays down just panting, like, <laughs> like totally terrified. Um, and, and dude, it freaked my youngest daughter out so bad, like so bad because she's like, she did not know that could happen. She didn't know that was a possibility. Cause normally I like, tie Clementine's leash about around something back there. So she can't do that stuff. Uh, I forgot. And dude, I'll tell you what I, I actually had to get our daughter out of her car seat so that I could pick Clementine up. Cause she was doing everything she could to fight me. But the whole rest of the trip, anytime Clementine popped her head up, my youngest daughter just like lost it. Like she totally thought oh, she was coming over again. So it made for a little bit of a stressful uh, ride back and forth to the beach. Yeah. But, you know, I did not make that mistake twice. Once she was locked in, she was locked in. So yeah, man. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Jack pretty much has free reign in my car. I know that because his hair is everywhere. Yeah. Like it's not just little hair, it's just chunks of hair everywhere. And you vacuum it all up and it feels like it's back like within twenty four uh, hours. Oh, that's like, funny. Stupid dog. Sheds constantly. Man, in your nice truck. Poor guy. Poor guy. Dude. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, man. What are are you uh Dude, you doing anything? I was going to say, are you doing anything cool? Like I know summer's winding down. Any big plans like our last camping trips or things like that before it's like frigid winter in Colorado for you? Because there's no fall in Colorado. It just goes from summer to winter with one day of leaf. Well, like, yeah, not real winter. (laughs) 
Like, yeah, <laughs> we say winter here. It's winter. Yeah. But like you think of like the Dakotas or Montana, they have real winter where snow True. lands on the ground and doesn't leave. Right. Until right. May. We don't, right. we don't get that kind of thing, but uh, no, no more plans. It's actually supposed to the highest 65, I think on Saturday what? and Sunday. So, whoa, I think it shoots back up after that, but yeah, we're nice. We're starting so you to might, dude, you might plan on doing some leaf peeping, you know, which I never knew people said yeah, that until yeah. I moved to Colorado, but people are talking, are you going leaf I'm a, peeping? I'm like, what? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a big peeper. Um, that's what we like to call ourselves peepers. Um, you gotta drive peeper. up into the mountain towns and, and check out the check out. This is a different kind of peeping. We're not talking like peeping Tom kind of peeping. No, the people's windows guys, you'll go to jail no, for that. That's, that's, that's a bad day. Actually the way but you do it, there's tree peeping. Is there's there's some people that just admire foliage, you know, like pull up in a nice parking lot, enjoy some foliage like big itself views. Sounds like a dirty word too. Yeah, but when you're I don't when know why leaf- it sounds like a dirty word, but it does. Dude, when you're actually leaf peeping, what you do is you sneak through the woods and you kind of peer out around trees, like think Gollum. You know, you kind of peer out around trees, like one eye, and just peep a nice leaf, man. You check it out, you peep on it. So that's what Josh means when he says he's the big peeper. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and to properly peep sometimes, depending on the type of leaves you're looking at, you gotta get pretty close. So, (laughs) you know, you want to, you want to catch the leaf in its natural habitat. Like you don't want to scare it, startle it. No. And it, you Mm -hmm. know, change or something like, so you gotta kind of sneak up on it a little bit. Um, Typically coming from behind is safe. Not always. That's not always the case with animals. Right, like some animals kick. If come right, behind, like if you like come up behind a, a black bear, like probably right. gonna try to eat you or something. Right. Uh, yeah, but leaves, you definitely want to come in from behind, yeah, uh, as quietly as possible, just to get a good yeah, peep dude. at it. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, if you can now, it, it's a little difficult to get a picture of your peeping, but if you can snap that photo, yeah, you get you get pretty big money. Yeah, man, you don't want to be you don't want to be the reason that leaf falls. You know, that's why peeping's important. It's conservation, people. Peep well, proper proper peeping (laughs) means you don't you're not the reason that leaf falls. Yeah. Yeah. I always recommend too, like you want to you want to peep early in the season. Um, just because the, the peeping and the, the bird birding community, they don't get along that well. So you don't really want to be out there during the birding, the height of the birding season. Right. Um, there's a lot of, it's been a lot of incidences through, through the last few years, probably because of COVID, right? right? Yeah. A lot more people getting outside because so. they couldn't do anything yeah. else. And, but yeah, yeah. A, lot of, there was a lot a, of stabbing a, incidences. Yeah. Arguments. Yeah. 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 Not, Bird flu scare. It was yeah, it was a rough peeping yeah. season all around, but I'm glad I'm glad we took the first 10 minutes to make sure everybody really knows like proper peeping technique, how to snap that photo, yeah. make sure you're on quiet mode, even do not disturb if you're gonna be snapping pictures out there. Yeah. Um yeah. And yeah. if you've never done it before, <laughs> I highly recommend just go to Google and just yeah. type in the word peeping. Nothing else, just peeping <laughs> and see what comes up. <laughs> That's right. Just peeping. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh unless you're a child, don't do that if you're a child. Cause I don't, okay. I don't know what is going to come up. So I, I wonder, that. this really makes me wonder if there is a, um, podcast about leaf peeping called proper peeping. Um, cause that would be awesome. If so, um, <laughs> it's low key a stalker so. podcast, but it's all framed as leaf peeping. 
Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, dude, I would, I would assume so. What? What? Yeah. Uh, before we get into the topic at hand, because yes, I'll be honest, I'm not really in the mood to talk about serious things today. Right. But uh, what? Uh, what projects are you working on right now? What are you working towards? What do you got going Man. on? Um, let's Anything see. Fun? You know, uh, there's, I, I still have to finish a little bit more stuff in our basement. And by that, I mean, uh, like just all the least fun stuff of construction. Um, I have to finish, which is like putting a ceiling back in. We're going to do a drop. We pulled the whole drop ceiling out and, uh, and I need to put that back in. Um, so I guess that's one project I need to restart. Uh, and just get done so it's not hanging over me anymore. A couple things I'm excited to do uh, between now and like snow starting um, is that we have, I cut down this one big tree by the chicken coop and I'm planning to chop it up mainly into firewood, but I, I'm hoping to like potentially do some rough cut lumber out of a little section of it. Um, and try to make something cool with it, like maybe an outdoor table or something. So that's been like in the back of my mind of like, hey, that could be a really cool project to try to work on or even just shelving, you know, something cool. Um, otherwise, man, like work is really good. Um, been been working on like all we were reflecting on on how much we've actually used the camper that we got. We got it in like early spring. And I think that since we got it to now, which is like, you know, just after Labor Day, I think we've uh, spent maybe like 14 or 15 nights in the camper as a family, um, which to me, I feel pretty pumped about that. Like we've really, we've gotten on some adventures with it. And uh, Jana and I were talking and that, that had just been kind of like a dormant part of our life, you know, that we just hadn't like, hadn't done much adventuring because we'd been moving and raising our little girls and all of that. But like it, the camper was kind of the catalyst to be like, okay, we can get out, we can do this, we can enjoy it. And it's been really fun. So not in working actively towards it right now. In fact, I think we're going to sell our pop-up camper uh, probably in about a month. Um, and then in the spring or, or like late winter, I think we're going to buy a different camper because we're definitely keeping that alive. Um, but I want to be really intentional long-term to keep like outdoors and adventures and trips like that, just something normal in our lives. Cause it's been really fun. So yeah, man. Um, That's cool. what, I don't know. Uh, what kind of yeah. trailer are you looking for? We, so there's like, there's uh if you Googled Jayco J feather, that would give you the right idea. It's like there, and there's a lot of stuff that would come up with that, but there's these kind of hybrid campers where they're hard sided. So you're, when you pull up, you just level it and you're good to go. Um, but the J feathers are super cool cause they are hard sided, but, and like pretty light, but on each end, they still have a bed that pops out. So you get your maximum inside space usage plus your beds pop out. Um, so I think that style camper, um, would be ideal. Um, something maybe like 18, 20 feet long, hard sided, easy to get in and out of pre-trip. Um, and then just like, you know, still easily towable lots of places. So 
yeah, man, that's uh, that's the hope is that we can sell ours for somewhat close to what we got it for after putting some good miles and use on it. And then uh, then do a slight change and a little bit of an upgrade, but nothing, uh, nothing too crazy. What about you, man? What what like that- projects? And oh, go ahead. Um, so like, is the plan you keep upgrading? Like at some point is, or is the, the Hannah clan going to have like a fifth wheel? Dude, I don't know. I, to me, actually, to me, that would be way too big. Like to have a really big fifth wheel or a motor home, something like that. It's not appealing to me right now. Maybe in like, and honestly in like 20 years when the kids aren't camping with us, I imagine uh, Jana and I would like downgrade in size. Like we would get a little bit smaller of like a super small kitchen and uh, and a nice bed. And like, that's it, you know, but like easy to get anywhere in boondock with. That would be the ideal um, instead of going way bigger. But I think like a J feather size camper could serve us for like, 10 years, you know, like I think we could use it a long time and be pumped about it. We're looking for one with bunks. So like a bunk, you know, bunk beds plus like a queen. Um, so three bed set up solid should be good to go for a long time if we can do that. That's, yeah, man. That's cool, dude. And then yeah, you man. just start the YouTube channel and, you know, yeah. pay the bills. Hannah's, Hannah's on the go. Yeah. That's what's up. <laughs> Yeah, there's, pl- there's plenty of families out there. Totally, and your your kids have enough character too that like yes, they, they do steal the show. So you can make you can make even more money off your children, which Dude. people love when you do that. That's right. <laughs> people do love that. People do love that. They do. Yeah, they're like <laughs> these parents making so much money off their kids. That's awesome. That's what they yep. say. They get very excited. Yeah, they keep watching be, videos. Way to be parents. Uh, yeah, man. Dude, what about you? Any uh, any big big projects? How's how's Hill City going? I know we should get to our topic at some point, but we got time. How's how's church? Yeah. How's life? Uh, it's good. I've been out of pocket for uh, the last few weeks, right? Um, and uh, things kept going, so that's always Dude. a good sign that yeah, it's working. Culture's in place and it's reproducing itself. Yeah. Um, you have great leaders that can lead, uh, and just step up and take care of things that, that is awesome. in all honesty, I wasn't even doing anyways. Um, like they were already doing these things. So yeah. me being gone didn't really change much. Uh, nice. but yeah, we're, we're working towards monthly services. So here in less than two months now, Oh no, two months from today, um, wow. we'll have our first monthly service. We'll do that for a few months and then we're shooting for the beginning of March for our weekly service launch. So wow. you know, for us, we, we do services cause we're part of the American church and that's the expectation, right? Like, yeah, you know, our, at, at the core of everything that we do, we, we want to be making disciples. Um, so unfortunately, as much as we'd love to believe as preachers that our preaching creates, uh, disciples, it doesn't it's proven to not over the last you know, handful of decades. Uh, it doesn't right. work. Uh, it's, you know, it's an intentional leader inside of, yeah. A, you know, yeah, intentional leader inside a relational environment, um, trying to work a reproducible process. So mm. that's kind of at the core of everything we do, but, um, Sunday morning services are a great front door. Um, to get people in and to check things out to, so we can push them towards that engagement. But 
yeah, so those are kind of the big things going on. And um, we have groups starting back up, you know, for the fall. Uh, I think some groups start this week and then some groups start next week. Um, I think it just depends on the groups. But, yeah, we've got a lot of cool um, cool things happening, a lot of disciple makers getting released to disciple. Um, got a handful of disciple potential disciple makers going through kind of our model of training right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just starting that process, so they may be they should be ready by the time we launch. Um, hopefully, you know. Typically, we find like we take people through our model um, when we believe that they're at the uh, spiritual parent phase. A spiritual parent is nice. just a reproducing phase, uh, right? We're reproducing disciples and disciple makers and all those fun things, but. It's awesome. Um, typically, like we, we have groups of like anywhere between three to six, and usually half of that actively starts discipling after that. Hmm. Um, so that's that's a pretty big win. So we'll have yeah. potentially three or four disciple makers um, actively trying to live out this shared vision. It just yeah. comes from the Great Commission, you know, Matthew twenty-eight. Yeah, uh, where Jesus said, "Go into all the world." Like disciples, so that's what we're trying to do. Not trying to focus on building a church or building a um, crowd of people. Um, like we measure success based on how many people are growing through uh, our process of discipleship, and how many people are being released to be disciple makers. So, yeah, uh, yeah. So it's terrifying to quote a buddy yeah. of ours. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. Like it's becoming real for the longest time. It's been like this little fun project. Yeah. With this group of people that most of the time just feels like, you know, just hanging out and having fun and yeah. trying to be intentional. But yeah, now it's, now it's wow. the doors are opening and that, that becomes a little bit more scary. Not because we don't think it's going to work. It's proven itself to work. Yeah. Our models worked over the last year. Yeah. Um, and it's not our model, right? It's Jesus model, you know, mm-hmm. with, with uh, language built around it by the relational subship network. Um, so we're just coming in and standing on yeah. you know, the shoulders of, of giants that have ever come before us. But um, yeah, it's cool to see. Cool to see it lived out. Cool to see the yeah, cool things happening. Um, just a bunch of little things too that just the way God provides. But yeah, that's most of my focus these days outside of work. It's is that uh, that yeah. and we're, we're also starting a handful of podcasts uh, as well. Uh, are in you? In the next few weeks. Really? We wow. Yeah. So you will be, we'll see. will you be in multiple podcasts? What's going on? What, uh, give us the teaser, man. That's cool. Yeah. Um, one of the podcasts we're, we're calling practice disciple. Um, and it's, it's essentially helping disciple makers, not necessarily become disciple makers. Um, we won't spend a lot of time on method. We'll spend a lot of time on just the leader side of things of like, wow. what do you do when you fail? Um, you know, where are the hard points? What are the things you have to push through? Um, kind of the emotional thought side of it all, um, yeah. more so than um, the method side. Um, we'll talk okay. through the method just so you know, everyone has the same language and understands what we're talking about. But um, we're trying to get on the, the personal side of the leader. So those that are just starting the journey of becoming a disciple maker, like, you know, feel like they're not alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most of these two things, like, we'll release them to put them out there. But um, the primary goal is for, you know, giving resource to our people. And then the other nice. one is just a leadership culture podcast in terms of like, how wow. do you actually build a culture around these ideas? Mm. Um, how do you build a culture that, you know, is sustainable with systems that support it and, you know, celebrations that reinforce it. 
Yeah. Um, so we'll kind of talk through all that stuff too. Dude. And selfishly, it's really just to get my disciple makers and my leadership team talking about these things. Shh, don't tell um, them. Don't say that. Right. <laughs> no, I've told them that. I've told them whether people listen okay. or not. Really okay. I just want right. this dedicated time where we're going to gather uh, to talk through these things. Um, just because like, nice. it's the same thing that's happened with you and I on the podcast, yeah. right? Like, it solidifies mm-hmm. a lot of our thoughts and beliefs mm-hmm. about certain things or how we approach yeah. certain things. Um, and I think it's, it's highly valuable. When you have to teach somebody else something, man, do you learn something pretty darn Dude, quick. So big time. Yeah. Those are my big things. Yeah. Nothing super crazy. Just that's you know, starting a church. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really cool, man. And, uh, you know, praise God for like making it what it is today. Uh, you know, I remember when, um, I don't know, like a year and a half ago, maybe you were sick and, uh, and like had to take some weeks off of, of doing the church stuff. And a lot of things kind of faded out a little bit. Um, and you kind of had to restart and, you know, out of that came, I think more committed people and, uh, man, it's really cool that, you know, you were, you're out of uh, out of pocket for a few weeks with family stuff that we don't have to get into at all. Now we'll save that for whenever the time feels right. But um, you know, like the church kept going and discipleship kept mm-hmm. happening. And I feel like you've gone the the slower and more intentional, patient route. And uh, and I think God's going to bless it if you stay on the right track, you and the team. You know, because now there is an awesome mm-hmm. team around you. Jana and I are fans from afar, praying for you guys, praying for the church often. Um, but yeah, man, it's, uh, it's really cool to see, you know, God's, God's at work and, uh, and it's pretty awesome. It's what's up. So yeah, yeah man, yeah, it's a fun journey. It's, it's it nice is. to do ministry with friends, by the way, if you yeah. ever have an opportunity, I would take the opportunity. Yeah, I've only I've only ever done it with enemies, you know. So uh, so one day, uh, <laughs> just kidding. I mean, you there's, and I, shoot, you and I. There's, yeah. there's been seasons where it's felt like enemies, ah, no doubt about that's that. Funny, yeah. No, man. I mean, that's where our friendship started, you know, back in the day. I remember. Yeah. Uh, I remember when. So, Jana, people, if you're listening, you probably have no idea, unless you, maybe you do. I don't know. But Jana signed up for an apprenticeship in Colorado because uh, we had a friend at Indiana Wesleyan where we went who had been through this apprenticeship program with our buddy Alan Briggs, um, who now leads an awesome business called Stay Forth Designs. But um, anyway, uh, we had a friend, Zach, who was like, you guys should come check out this apprenticeship. Like Jana wasn't positive if she was called into ministry full time. She had studied youth ministry and psychology, but was like, I don't know, am I going to be a pastor? Am I not? Like, I'm not sure. And uh, there was a 15 month apprenticeship at the church. We all used to go to where you and I met. And Josh, I remember like a couple weeks into being in Colorado might've been a couple months times fuzzy. Um, it all flies and takes a long time at the same time. But, uh, I remember coming into you, the youth service and it was like the first 15 minutes was like games and hanging out. And then like from stage, it was like getting everybody engaged with like some, you know, big group game on stage. And it was like, 
I was just so uncomfortable. I'm like, what is this? Like, this is so different than what I grew up with. Like, what are we doing? You know? And, uh, and slowly over time, I like, I figured out that even back then, like it was all about relationship. Like you're not gonna, you're not gonna be able to speak into people's lives if they don't like you and trust you and want advice from you that they're actually open, like, especially with youth, but probably with adults too, if they're not actually like trusting you enough to ask you questions about what's really going on in their life, they're never going to listen to the answers you're giving. You know, like people need to like you and trust you as a starting place. If they're ever going to talk to you about like spiritual matters, let alone just what's going on with them to begin with. So anyway, man, over time I became all about, uh, that, that model of youth ministry. And like, I have a lot of fond memories of, of what we got to do and be a part of there. Um, you know, it's where our friendship mm-hmm. forms. Um, and you know, there were the occasional like winter retreats and mission camps and all those things that, that were really awesome, but really it was just the weekend, week out, Sunday morning, Wednesday night, all that. It was, uh, it was pretty awesome. So yeah, man, it was good to be good to be in and also open my eyes to uh, what ministry maybe should look like or could look like in a way that that makes it uh, workable in our world today because everybody wants to be known and connected and and loved by people um, especially people that love Jesus and actually love them so yeah man Mm -hmm. and it's in I think that's the hardest part of all this is, you know, we, we touch the surface of, of relationship and what does it look like, you know, in, in youth ministry, but nowhere near to the level we needed to. <clears throat> and even now, like, you know, you, you hear it all the time, people are desperate for, for a community. They're desperate to be known and to know others. But most people, especially people we come in contact with through Hill City, most people don't want it, hmm. right? They want it, but they don't want to put in the work. Yeah. It requires to actually have it. Um, yeah. And this is your relationship with God, your relationship with people, right? You know, relationships, relationship plays by the same rules. Um, and it, it takes so much time. It takes so much trust. It takes so much, you know, vulnerability. It takes so much, like all of these things, you got to keep showing up even when you don't want to. Um, yeah. All these things that uh, the sacrifice level that it does take, like, you know, I, I read through the gospels and I read through um, the new Testament and, you know, the, the New Testament writers have been talking about this the whole time and I just missed it. Like, this is what it means to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. This is what it means to live in community. Yeah. You got to push through the awkward phase yeah. uh, uh, of new relationship, whether it's with God or with others, uh, it's yep. going to be awkward. It, it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. But when we push through those things and um, sorry, I just, I'm getting weird text messages from people. Yeah. Uh, I got distracted. <laughs> But we push through those things and you get to the depth and fruit of those things. Um, like they're so worth it. They're still hard. Don't get me wrong. Relationships hard. It will right. always be hard. There's no way around it, but it's the hard things in life where we find the most fruit. So yep. we p- keep pushing into those things. Like, you know, you go through tragedy in your life. Like I don't, like I just recently went through tragedy and I don't know how people do it with, without Jesus. And I don't know how people mm-hmm. do it without community around them. Yeah. Like that's, that's that's a hard place to live yeah um and 
you know, though it takes time and though it takes intentionality and though it takes sacrifice to have healthy relationships around you and a healthy growing relationship with God, um, and is it worth it? Like it's worth the uncomfortableness. It's worth feeling exposed. It's worth, you know, giving trust when, you know, maybe it's earlier than you would normally give trust, but yeah. So now that we're like, I don't know, 30 minutes into this podcast, uh, it's yeah. probably a good idea. We keep this series going. Yes. Right. Uh, I, suppose I don't, so. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if we have a name for this series. I've, I don't remember. Um, I do know we're going through all the different interactions that Jesus had with people. We're just um, continuing like we did a, we did a series on series, but, but it's like Jesus yeah, in relationship, but we didn't title yeah. it necessarily. What but that's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. 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 And it's like, how can we, what can we learn from Jesus in his interactions with people? I think is kind of the point. And we've talked right. through a variety of different stories already. You yeah. can go back and listen to them find them wherever you listen to on this podcast, just go back a few. Um, or you can always go to our website at this Jesus life podcast.com. But yeah, this week, Andrew, who are we talking about? We're talking about Zacchaeus, man. Uh, We're talking about Zacchaeus. And, uh, and if you know the story of Zacchaeus, or if you don't, you're in luck because I'm going to actually just go ahead and read it. It is uh, it's short. This is out of Luke 19 verses one through 10. This is what it says. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, uh, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree uh, to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be a guest of a sinner. But Jesus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay him back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Um, yeah, man, I I read that because it was it was quick, and I think will set us up well to talk about this. But uh, I might have I did emphasize short in there uh, because if you've been in the church in your life, especially as a little kid, you might have like uh, sung songs about Zacchaeus being a short man and like climbing a tree. Like this is a this is a story that a lot of kids ministries um, teach about because it's like, I don't know, it's it's pretty benign. You know, he's a short guy. He was a tax collector. It's not, you know, uh, David chopping the head off of, of Goliath and doing some crazy stuff like that. Um, so it's one that is taught pretty widely. Um, but yeah, man, Zacchaeus, um, he was somebody that probably most of the people around him um, in Jericho probably hated because he was the chief tax collector. And that's why when people saw Jesus talking to him, let alone saying, I'm going to go to your house today. um, Most of the people in the crowd were like, who I thought Jesus was one thing, but is he actually just a tool of Rome? Is he, you know, is he a tool of our oppressors that he wants to hang out with our chief local 
oppressor who's getting into my wallet for taxes, you know, and maybe cheating me because um, that tax collectors had a reputation of adding a little more and pocketing, you know, pocketing the excess of whatever taxes actually were owed because the people were subjugated to Rome. So, uh, you know, like during this time, tax collectors could do whatever they wanted. They could say, yeah, your tax bill's 50 bucks, but uh, it's actually going to be 150 today. And if you don't pay it today, I'm going to send you to jail, you know, and they did that. Um, so Zacchaeus was the chief of the tax collectors and he was apparently pretty short. Uh, I don't know how short he was, but he was short enough that he had to climb a tree to see Jesus. So, um, yeah, man, what uh, what first thoughts do you have of of kind of how Zacchaeus, how Jesus related to Zacchaeus and how he treated him? Yeah, I, I think the first thing is like he saw Zacchaeus, right? Like, sure, this dude in a tree, you're going to take notice of it. Yeah. Um, it's intentionality of like, there's certain individuals that Jesus went to certain towns for. Like th- mm-hmm. there's a reason why he's interacting with the people he's interacting with. And, um, you know, I'd be curious, like what, what changed that mind about it all? Like, mm-hmm. was he, was he already like, he already heard about this Jesus guy that, you know, was coming to town. Like why uh, apparently he was interested enough to climb a tree so he could see what yeah. was going on yeah. around him. Right. Um, but like, it just seemed like he got to, you know, Lord pretty darn quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not only that, like I'm going to drastically change my lifestyle and who I am. And, um, even those verses are like, uh, where is it? Eight. Um, mm-hmm. you know, look Lord here. And now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anyone out of anything, I'll pay back them four times the amount. Um, like you always think of that of like, yeah, here's a rich dude giving up half his money that he probably didn't need anyways, but half his possessions, I would assume, is a is a pretty hefty sacrifice. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk probably more about this when we get to the um, rich young ruler yep. uh, conversation or interaction. But um, the there, there's this piece of of dependence, right, that we have to have on Jesus. And I think this is why Jesus said, like, it's, it's difficult for, you know, the rich to enter uh, the kingdom of heaven. You know, it's easier for a camel to, you know, go through the eye of a needle kind of thing. Um, And it's because, and, you know, we're, we're rich in terms of what we're able to do in America compared to the rest of the world. Like we're, we're not often left wanting. Sure. Sure. There's times of of difficulty, but like in general, um, we can take care of ourselves. Um, there, we don't need yeah. to depend on anything else or anyone else. Um, we can right. take care of, you know, all those different elements. And I think that's at the core of what this is. Like Paul has his conversation in, I guess not really a conversation. He has this revelation, hmm. uh, in second Corinthians. Um, I want to say it's like 12, but I'll post it here. Yeah. 12, um, where he makes this statement about, about God. And it's like God quoting something to him. And he says, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Um, and Paul's complaining about a thorn in his side in, in this conversation. Yeah. And this is God's response to him. Like, I, I think that's a powerful word. Like my power is made perfect my, in weakness. So like there's this, there's this piece of, of our weakness that we have to lean into. 
um, which is extremely countercultural to how we're told to live this life, even in the church, how Mm -hmm. we're told to live this life. Like we should be independent. We should be self-sufficient, all these things. And the reality is we should, we should sacrifice in ways that put us in a position where we have to be dependent on God. Mm. Um, and I think that's what Zacchaeus is doing here. Like he's, he's giving away half of all he owns. I would assume as the chief tax collector, he has a pretty large family as well. Yeah. Um, like that typically comes along with wealth. There's a lot of people that are relying on him um, mm. and what he can provide. Sure. He stole money and how he got it, but he had it. And mm-hmm. if, he was anything yeah. like me. If I have the money, I'm going to change my lifestyle because I have the money. Right. If I don't have the money, then you know, your lifestyle drastically gets cut back. But if we have it, we usually spend it mm-hmm. 90, 90% yeah. of the time. Right. Um, you know, you have those handful of people out there that are a lot more responsible than the rest of us. And, you know, they keep <laughs> living off what they had. But majority of us, we get we get a raise and we're like, new car. We get a raise. We're like, bigger house. And we get a new raise. Time to upgrade to the, the fifth wheel. Right. Like, right. That's. Our, right, our right. The dude's living pretty well. Like he's yeah. using all these, this money, like he's using all yeah. these luxuries that yeah. he's, he's placed in his life. And now he's saying, I'm going to cut out half of them, God, um, because I want to learn how to just depend on you. Yeah. Um, like there's going to be things that we're going to be needing. There's going to be things that we're going to be left wanting that we're not going to be able to take care of ourselves. And we're going to have to have to rely on you and, I think it's it's a practice inside of Christianity that we lost along mm. the way, probably with the American dream. Yeah, but um, I was probably other parts of the world too struggle with the same things, you know, in the yeah, in modern you know cultures. But um, it's just been something that's been rattling around in my head for the last probably I don't know three or four weeks. Mm. Someone sent me a podcast a while back. Um, about just us embracing the weakness, our weaknesses, mm. so God's power can be seen in mm. our lives and the lives of those around us. And um, when I saw who the podcast was from, I was like, yeah, not really interested. Um, but I respected the person that sent it to me, so I listened to it anyways. And, um, you know, it, it, that's kind of where it started. And then, you know, I just went through, you know, a tragedy in the family and definitely felt, you know, out of control and, and weak yeah. in terms of how you can help them it's just in those moments that God could show up. <clears throat> and, and I think it's, it's a, a practice inside of our lives. And I don't have the answers. I don't know what it means yet practically to increase our dependence on God. Um, hopefully yeah. when we get, you know, in a couple of weeks here to the, the rich young ruler and we can, I can bring all this up again. Sure. Um, I'll have more answers for you. But right now, like I know it's a need. Um, and if you do it well, like, you figured out ways to to create a dependence on God in your life. I'd love to hear it. Um, what's worked, what hasn't worked. Um, where is it just a facade of something and it's not real that I, I can avoid? Uh, reach out to us. I'd, I'd love to have the conversation. Hello at this com, and we'll yeah. respond back. But um, I, I think there's something there. There's something to yeah. creating a dependence on God. So in the midst of our weakness, God can be, you know, his power can be seen. Yeah. Um, you know, around, around us and around what's going on. But I think um, yeah, so. Those are my initial thoughts. Those things popped out to me. Dude, a couple, I think those are really spot on. And, and, you know, Zacchaeus, he was rich. Like, and even if he gives, gives half his possession away and he lives up to his promise to, to pay back anybody four times more than he cheated them if he did, which I assume he said that knowing like, yeah, I've cheated people. 
that's why I'm willing to do this. Like I'm, and, and he said it all in public. Like there's no, yeah. it doesn't necessarily, the story doesn't say Jesus and Zacchaeus traveled to his house and had a quiet conversation over a meal one-on-one. It's like, in my mind, this dude is still in the tree while they're having this conversation. Like he's talking and I could be wrong, but that's how I read it. It's like, maybe he came down, maybe he's still in the tree, but they are talking in front of a lot of other people who are grumbling. Like, why is Jesus going to this? Why is Jesus going to spend time with the sinner? You know, the sinner, bad man. Um, a couple other thoughts, man. Zacchaeus, like the people who were grumbling, why would they, why would he associate with this sinner? They probably ignored Zacchaeus in everyday life. They probably like, steered clear of him because like I said, the, the Romans said, collect this tax and we'll have peace fail to collect this tax. And, uh, we're going to, you know, go to war again with your kingdom, with your nation essentially. Um, cause that's what Rome did. Um, but, uh, everybody probably avoided Zacchaeus and probably didn't call him by name unless they had to probably didn't look at him unless they had to, and when they did look at him, it was probably like sneers and like, oh, that sinner, that bad guy, all that stuff. Um, so I think, man, I think he was probably right on the verge already of like, I think, and this is guessing, you know, I'm not a preacher, I'm not a theologian, but I think Zacchaeus was probably already ready to change his life once he encountered Jesus. I think he probably never expected to have a conversation with him, probably expected to be ignored and and kind of walked past, but at least like, Hey, I was close to this guy. Um, and that probably would have been enough. But I think when Jesus looked up in the tree and called him out by name, it was like, wait a minute. Like he's looking at me and he's talking to me by name. Like he noticed me and he didn't sneer at me, you know, like it, it probably was very different than what most people treated the way most people treated Zacchaeus. Um, and I think that's a, that's a guess, but I, that's how I read the story and see the story in my mind's eye um, is that Jesus like somehow knew Zacchaeus's name, um, recognized his face, knew exactly who he was and then said, Hey, there's already a plan. I'm coming to your house today. And Zacchaeus immediately went Everybody knows me as rich. That's probably the thing he pursued his whole life was wealth. And he immediately went, I'm going to surrender that to Jesus. I'm going to surrender that to this God that that he's talking about and preaching about and living out. Like, And I think that the one thing that Jesus was a clear master of was calling out the thing in people's lives that they put on God's throne and and then bringing them to a decision point of what are you going to do about it right in that moment you know and for Zacchaeus it was probably wealth that probably would have been the next line of like Zacchaeus where did you get all this wealth you know to where he had the chance to say oh i just collect taxes or i cheat i cheated people out of it and i have to do something about that you know but Zacchaeus jumped right to that like you are the Lord and I'm going to follow you and I'm giving away half my possessions to the poor. And if any of, if I've cheated any of you, um, you can come to me and I'll pay you four times, whatever I cheated you because 
I am not the same Zacchaeus today as I was in the past. You know, like this revolutionary switch happened and uh, and it's pretty cool, man. Like, but I think one thing about Jesus in relationship with people is that he actually sees people and that that sounds like small, you know, or sounds like a nothing point, but he doesn't just see like there's this crowd and I have to walk through them but he would see the crowd and he would see every individual in that crowd. Like the woman who touched him and touched his robe and was healed. He noticed immediately. He's like, no, it's not just a crowd. Somebody touched me and power went out of me and healed somebody. What happened? Somebody had faith behind me. You know, uh, Zacchaeus, it wasn't just like, who's that short guy in a tree in a nice robe? (laughs) You know, it was like, no, that's Zacchaeus. I have a plan. I'm going to reach him and his family. And, and that's not going to be the same Zacchaeus going forward as it was in the past. Cause God is ready to meet with him. Um, you know, so is that like yeah. Jesus really saw people and, and I think people knew that. And I think that's maybe why they were like, I'm willing to trust you with the thing that I've put all my trust in for my whole life. And I'm re- willing to do that out mm-hmm. of one conversation, be it, as quick as the one Zacchaeus had, or one maybe like uh, we talked about a few weeks ago with Nicodemus, like a series of conversations. But um, yeah, man, that's that's where I go is like God always calls you to like, what's that thing you've put on my throne um, instead of me? And, and what are you going to do about it in this moment? And uh, yeah, I know I've been rambling on, um, but I'll just say like once I became a father um, and now I have two amazing little girls, it'd be pretty easy to put uh, to put my family on the throne ahead of God, you know, and say like, no, God's just a thing that's sometimes a part of my life. But um, but got to be really intentional to say like, no, uh, if I'm going to be the man that I need to be, the father I need to be, the husband need to be all of that. Like I got to be pursuing the Lord first, like relationship with the Lord first, and then letting that play into every other aspect of my life, life, like how I am as a father, how I am as a dad, uh, or how I am as a husband, how I am as an employee and a friend, all of that has to all flow out of that. But, uh, but I think it's it's easy to slowly put something else on the throne. Um, and if if you don't know Jesus yet, there's probably already something on the throne, um, on God's throne, because I think all of us were made to worship something as people. So there's like 15 thoughts in a yeah. row. Sorry to ramble at you, but hopefully that was uh, decently coherent. Yeah. I think, too, like I was just thinking this as I'm like rereading this. It says... Um, Jesus reached the spot. He looked up at him and said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. Uh, so he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And then it says, but Zacchaeus stood up <clears throat> and said to the Lord. I, I I think it gives us a picture if we really like break it apart of what's happening here. Like mm-hmm. versus this, Jesus is just walking, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's not... Um, He's not teaching right now. He's not, you know, yeah, explaining theology. He isn't performing even miracles. He's just walking through, and sure, there's a crowd around him and all that, and um, it's a it's a spectacle. 
Um, but like it was Jesus himself that, 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 um, Zacchaeus, uh, was attracted to or drawn to. Like, I just, I just had the verse where Jesus quotes and says, or Jesus quoted and saying, you know, no one comes to the father except through me. Like he didn't believe doctrine. He didn't have to believe theology. He, he just went straight to Jesus. Um, and that's kind of this picture. So like, it's, I, I picture it this way of here he is in this tree. Jesus says his name. He jumps down off this tree and it says he welcomes him gladly. I would assume he, he wraps his arms around Jesus's legs. Um, and I say legs cause it says he stood up, you know, later on, like he fell to the ground. He, he, he had a, a moment with the real God, you know, in physical form and, um, just wrapped his arms around him. Like it wasn't, it was just a, a highly, for lack of a better term, said, you know, I don't have great languages. Like it was a highly emotional moment where this, this guy just got to encounter Jesus. Um, and then, you know, everything that, that comes out of that. But I, I don't know. I just think we, we miss those moments in our lives today too. Like we're so focused on all the other things of the religion of Christianity that we just yeah. forget the relationship piece of like, I'm just going to love Jesus. Like mm-hmm. um, that's my focus. That's where I'm going. Like I'm going to follow his lead wherever he, he tells me to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to trust that that's the best place to go yeah. no matter what it is. Um, but I, I would think like when we evaluate our own lives, is, is that how we, we come up to Jesus? Is that how we encounter him? Um, is that how we encountered him for the first time? Was it this moment of just recognizing that he's Lord? Um, and I just, I just want to be as close as I possibly can to him. I'm going to wrap my arms mm-hmm. around his legs or, you know, was it a sterile moment? Was there something lacking that, mm-hmm. or even your day to day, like, is that how you approach him now of, just such a deep love um, for who he is. Like, mm. I think there's something to that and I, I, you can get there. And I, I know you can, because I speak from you know experience, like yeah. just keep fostering a relationship with Jesus. Keep choosing to be vulnerable. Keep choosing to talk about the hard things. Um, mm. Keep choosing, you know, conversation and relationship. Um, keep reading his word in relationship, you know, whatever that jumping off point is that yeah. he uses from his recorded words to jump off into a conversation with him, like keep fostering those things, keep choosing to give trust. Um, you know, you got to spend time with, with somebody for relationship to be formed. You can learn a lot of facts about somebody by stalking their Facebook page, but you don't people. actually know that person. And I think a right. lot of, mm-hmm, a lot of people going on. <laughs> and I think a lot of, I think a lot of Christians are stuck in that place. Um, they don't actually know Jesus. And I think it's going to be a terrifying rude awakening yeah. for them at some point. Um, but, because they just, they never got to know him. They just have facts and figures about him. They knew that he did this on that day and he did that on that day, but they never knew him relationally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So dig into that. I'm telling you guys, as someone speaking from existence, there's nothing that that's going to change your life more than walking in relationship, actual relationship, not just the facade of it or, you know, the, yeah. f- the fancy thing to talk about, but actual relationship with God. Um, yeah. You're going to be blown away by what he does and how he does it. Yeah, man. Okay. And I know, I know we've been going almost an hour, um, but, you know, from the story, I do think there's a decent chance that Zacchaeus was a pretty experienced leaf peeper. You know, he probably knew <laughs> proper peeping techniques. Um, he was up in a fig tree, you know, sycamore yeah, fig tree. He got right up and, that. You wanted to see it. <laughs> he was up close and personal. And, you know, when you're a short guy, leaf peeping. And I'm picturing. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and I picture I don't know what a fig tree looks like. It's been a long right. time. So I think I think they're actually pretty right. short trees. Right. If I remember correctly, but I'm picturing like leaning over a little bit. So like he yeah. snuck up on it, like yeah. uh, like a proper peeper. Probably um to get a good view of that. That's the more that's sycamore fig. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's right. <laughs> I wonder if like a sycamore tree, hopefully it would be if a sycamore tree is actually like um it's like a fit. It's like a fern or something. Like it's needles. It's not. <laughs> it even. would be funny. It's a, it's actually there's there's one short joke in the Bible, and it's actually in the Zacchaeus story. It's like <laughs> that'd be hilarious. Oh man, uh, yeah. It's a it's a tree tree. It's got it's got real leaves. Okay. All right. All right. So he was proper peeping, and uh, and also peeping on yeah, Jesus, and then peeping. climbed down, and he was right yeah. up and close. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, but, but yeah, he started peeping. He was attracted to him, ran right. towards him. Right. Um, I think you Christians listening right now, you're still stuck in that peeping phase. And you're still <laughs> peeping over the tree, just looking at him at a distance. And I'm telling you, right. go grab the dude's ankles. Like right. he's calling your name. You don't have to peep. All right. No, don't, don't stay don't in that tree. He you wants don't have to, to know you it. and be known by yeah. you. Yeah. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. So if you're uh, if you're checking this out for the first time, thanks for listening. Now you know how to leaf peep properly, proper peeping. Um, but yeah, when it comes to to Jesus and God, you know, get out of that tree, get down low, stay close, and uh, He's there for you. He's good to you. It's worth it. So, um, thanks, my friend. This was great, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. See you, buddy. Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us, and we hope that it helps bring you closer to your relationship with Jesus and with other people. And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.